Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the AT. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Hey everybody, I'm TJ Major, spotter of the 22 Cup car, the 22 Xfinity car, and the 25 truck. And uh, joining me, as usual, Brett Griffin, spotter for Elliot Sadler, Clint Boyer, Myatt Snyder. Thanks to One Main Financial for bringing us this show. TJ is at a remote location this morning. He's actually calling in from his basement, probably his mother's basement. But nonetheless, we do have returning for two weeks in a row. That's a streak, by the way, our lovely co-host. Yeah, they let me come back. Hey, guys, this is Casey Hames. I work in marketing with uh, within the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Looking forward to uh, hanging out with these guys again. Welcome back. Well, you're, you're not really hanging out with me today. Yeah, I mean, kind of listening to you, I guess. Did you ever have a job, wow. TJ, where you like went the first day and then you didn't come back after lunch? <laughs> uh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I went and bailed hay one time. My boss man came to me. He's like, hey, man, we're going to bail some hay after work and load it on this truck. We'll pay you 100 bucks." And I was like, man, this is going to be an easy 100 bucks." I didn't go back. I was like, you, you, oh, yeah. you can keep the $100, Quit and I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it's way not, too hard. Wow. Not worth it. Way too hard. So thanks for I, coming back. Hey, no yeah, problem. I bailed, hay for, uh, I bailed hay for two summers. Did it make you itch? Uh, yeah, it hurt. It hurt your, hurt your arms, too. When, uh, when the, and man, you're like your forearms get all chewed up. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was red and itching. That wasn't for me. It doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> oh, can you believe we got that race in yesterday? That was nuts. Uh, you know, after seeing the percentages of, of you know, the chances of getting it in, I was um, optimistic, like not very optimistic. And then, you know, I saw that, you know, we all saw the radar kind of, kind of, you know, clear up just a little bit. But, no, I didn't, I honestly didn't feel like we were going to get it in. And um, just the way the weather is there, it's kind of like Martinsville or, or uh, you know, how just showers kind of linger and hang around a little bit and they don't really ever, you know, go away long enough to get the track dry. So I think uh, NASCAR on the track did a great job of even moving everything up an hour to give us that extra time. To, you know, it actually worked out perfectly. So I think everybody did a, did a great job and, and um, you know, I was glad to get it in. I think we were lucky. I mean, I woke up at 8, looked out my window. 9, looked out my window. 10, looked out my window. At 11, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the track, even though it's raining, just to be there in case. And drove right in, went grab lunch, you know, around 12, 15. And 
man, by two o'clock, it was like, man, we got a chance, you know, and, and, and everything just stayed west of us. And, and to your point, had I seen that forecast, knowing Atlanta, knowing how hard it is to dry it, man, I would have been like, hey, we got we to do something quick. We got to try to make arrangements, get this race in. But they sat on kind of the original plan, and, and it worked. So kudos to those guys for that. I know it takes a lot of hard work with jet dryers and air tightens, and people don't realize, man, that's a, a lot of coordination and stuff. But it, we got lucky. Especially that yeah. track. Yeah. I feel like they um, – I feel like they uh, – you know, they planned everything well there and, and Atlanta's not an easy track to dry either. So, um, you know, Atlanta's one of the hardest places to dry because of the surface. So I think, uh, you know, one more rain shower in the middle of the afternoon, a good, you know, good rain shower where it soaked everything probably would have done it. But, you know, luckily that never happened. And, you know, we got to have a good race. Yeah, we were lucky, man. What about your, uh, your weekend? You have a good weekend? Uh, it was okay. Had a good, had a fun run on the truck race. Dalton's are just learning. Uh, he's still learning quite a bit. And the Xfinity race, I feel like we had the second best car to, uh, to Harvick. He so, was playing with the field. He, he was playing with the field both days. Would yeah, we call more it so Harvicking? The race. Yeah. Harvicking? Yeah. They was... said it on the broadcast like 30 times. I mean, if he I had a dollar his... for every time they said yeah. it, it was. Yeah, he has its own verb, I hear. Yep. Oh, yeah. I heard they bashed yeah, he... a buddy of ours on the broadcast, TJ. Did you hear about that? Uh, no. So the six-car six blew up. It was a trail of smoke like nothing I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then, there's yeah. not going to be a mosquito there for a year. Yeah, no. And then I guess, you know, Bubba didn't uh, know exactly where Stenhouse was. Stenhouse probably didn't even know where he was. And they managed to run into each other. And I guess DW just slammed Freddie on air saying how – that's the spotter's fault. Can DW not look out that window where he's at and see the smoke and realize we couldn't see anything? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're supposed to see through the smoke at certain points in time. But I, it was really hard to tell where, you know, I saw everybody checking up. And I told Joey, I just said, look, you know, just check up over here. Everybody's going real slow. Just kind of creep in there and pick your way through it. I'm pretty sure the car's sitting on the bottom, you know. So, and, you know, but I was a little later in there than him. But, um there's a, I mean, I don't, at some points we can't see either. No. So, and there's times like that, just, you know, the driver might be driving into a, there was a lot of smoke right there. It wasn't a normal, it wasn't a normal, um, you know, it wasn't a normal just, oh, there's a, you know, the smoke trail. It was a lot of smoke. So it was hard for us to see as well. Yeah. I mean, we were sitting there and, and we were fortunately right behind it. So when it happened, I was able to, you know, tell Clint how to get by it pretty quickly, but everything behind us, you know, if, if if you didn't see the trail of smoke when it initially happened, you literally could not see the exit of two all the way down the back stretch. So I feel like Freddie probably took a little bit more crap than, than he deserved for that. I mean, the, the, the way that I describe our job a lot of times to people is we say what we see. And if we can't see, we can't say it. In that instance, man, he, uh, he probably couldn't see it. Yeah, for sure. It's tough. Cool, man. Well, we're going to get rolling. Casey's got an appointment to get to. She's uh, busy. Always blaming me. Busy professional lady. <laughs> All right, let's mm. head into spot on, spot off. Uh, first one, Ford shines Hendrick struggles. I was surprised um, at this. Were you, TJ? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'll say spot on for Ford. This is the first uh, track where I where we really get a you know an idea on how the downforce is going to be, and and um, you know I was uh surprised to see the strength of them you know i was glad to see it but i was uh, a little surprised with the with the you know with uh, the chevy having the new nose and toyota how you know how they've been i was kind of impressed to see the uh fords um be as strong as they were 
Yeah, that was definitely spot on for Ford. I mean, obviously, TJ and I work on Ford teams. Clint ran third. Harvick dominated the race. I do think, though, this isn't as aero-sensitive as a racetrack is what we're headed to with Vegas. And then, obviously, looking ahead to Michigan and some of those places where we literally run wide open, you know, I think mechanical grip is a big deal at a place like Atlanta. So, to see us have mechanical grip, it makes you look forward to places like Bristol, Richmond, Martinsville, because although Atlanta's a big track, your car has to turn, it has to have grip. So, uh, big big spot on for Ford. The Hendrick struggles, man. I was We lapped Jimmy Johnson early. And I, I literally couldn't believe it. And I looked down at my fan vision, and he was running like 20th. And, and just overall, the Hendrick cars, I mean, Chase Elliott was the only one that I saw flirting with the top 10. You know, we were lapping Byron pretty quick, and, and I saw Bowman struggle a couple times. I mean, this is a place where Hendrick typically runs well. Jimmy's obviously good everywhere. So I definitely think that that's a, a big red flag for them. But this new nose may have a bigger impact at Vegas than it was going to have at Atlanta. Yeah, Vegas is definitely a, a little bit different racetrack. You know, it's, it's similar in turn one and two, um, but three and four, Vegas is pretty much a, a bottom track. In Atlanta, the three turn three and four was actually a little bit better this time than, than it has been in the past, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, I was kind of surprised to see, you know, the 48 and them guys, you know, struggle as much as they did, um, you know, chase, chase, moved to a different pit strategy and he like you said he was flirting with the top 10 there a little bit um but definitely uh definitely not as not as much speed as what is what we're used to seeing them have uh, in the past there for sure this one's surprising 13 cars finish on the lead lap on sunday yeah i mean i think harvick could have lapped the field i mean we, we we had a 30 lap run he was already catching pretty good cars we had a 50-lap run to finish stage one, and he lapped a lot of good cars, including Jimmy Johnson. I think he lapped up to, like, 18th. At one point, there were nine cars on the lead lap. We had a lot of guys take the wave around there at the end when the caution came out for the six. But, I mean, when you look at a place like Dover, a place like Atlanta, when you have long green flag runs, the cars that are handling well are going to lap a lot of cars. And when I look at Atlanta, I think what makes it special is – we actually get to see cars being passed, whether it be four position or being lapped. So I got to say, just spot on to that racing surface, and spot on to only seeing thirteen cars on the lead lap. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not against you know seeing us you know a lower amount of cars on the lead lap, but this this sort of dominance doesn't happen very often. You know, it happens you know once, maybe twice a year like that. Um, you know, evidently they found something at Atlanta and he's already very good there already. That's one of his best tracks. So, you know, you put, you put a really good car under him. They find a little bit of something there and you put, and he's dominated that race before. And honestly, I'm shocked. He's, that's, you know, that's the first time I remember him winning, um, a, a cup race there, um, since his, his first win, I believe. Um, so it, it's kind of shocking that he hasn't won more there, but he's really, really good there. And if they hit on something a little bit, it's not hard for him to, to dominate a race like that. It was dominant. I mean, he was absolutely playing with the field. We used to call it back in the day, he was walking the dog. He was gone. Yeah. That, like I said, you don't see this type of, you don't see this type of dominance very often. And, and you know, I've learned over the years that when it, when it does happen, you just got to respect it. You know, they, they found something. They, they did a great job. That's what we all try to do every week. So many times too, it does happen. And then that car finds a way not to win. So it's actually pretty cool that, he did come out with a win. Yeah. 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 What would you guys sure. say is another similar track where you can potentially see this happening again where a Harvick or somebody else dominates the entire race? 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, the stages take a lot of that away, right. you know, because we only ran 30 laps, then we ran 50 laps, then we ran like 80 laps. So I think that keeps it to where a guy that is fighting some handling, handling issues, you know, can, can kind of hang on to the lead lap. And then if you hit it the second half of the race or make the right adjustment, you can get back in the ball game, you know. But, yeah. but in terms of seeing somebody run away with it, you know, uh, another track that I think that happens a lot is Dover. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily track sensitive. I think it's uh, just you just never know when somebody's going to unload and just be that fast. You never know. We all try to do it every weekend, but you just never know when that's going to happen. And it's, it happens, you know, every now and then you have somebody with a dominant car like that. There's, there's been, you know, you could probably, I'm telling you, there's probably one or two a year if that somebody just has that good a car. Um, but definitely tracks, I think tracks that you have higher tire wear, um, you know, I definitely think it's more likely to happen there um, because you can really, you can really, really uh, punish your tires when they wear that much. And some guys, like if you watch the beginning of that race, there was about, there was about four or five cars that took off to the top of the of the track the first run of the race. Well, of course, it's going to be real fast for the first run, but it's also really green, so it's going to eat that tire up too. So a lot of us stayed on the bottom just for fear that we were going to chew that right front up and you know, possibly blow a tire, but I think the tracks that have a lot of tire wear and a lot of fall off are the ones where you can see somebody really show up with a dominant car and manage their car really well and, and dominate like that. That's also the ones we see a lot of passing. It's just the way, that's the way the formula works. Three air gun failures during the cup race. A, a crew chief actually referring to it as a garbage pit gun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know a lot about the air gun situation. Um, I don't, I'm not really sure how they are given to the teams, rented, whatever the, whatever the formula is they use to give them to the teams. But obviously, you know, obviously there's some, there's some problems. Um, but we had, you know, there's, there were problems with the regular air guns too, you know. So now it's going to be, it's going to be a lot easier to point out now since they're man, you know, they're regulated and mandated. It's going to be easier to point out a failure. You might not have heard about a failure as much before, but you're going to now. Um, it's going to be easier to point a finger, but you know, obviously, the it looks like they have a little bit of work to do and in, in making sure the guns are durable enough and 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 don't have problems. And um, you know, like I said, I don't I don't know a whole lot about it. I don't know. Um, how many teams actually did feel like they have problems with them, but it definitely looks like it's a topic that could use some, some attention. Yeah, this is definitely spot off for me, and I'm just going to give a quick lay of the land. Teams are forced to buy slash rent these guns from NASCAR. It's done by a third party. So NASCAR is actually taking in money to rent you these guns. We had at least three failures. I heard as many as five. The thing is you can't sell me something and then it not work and make me lose points, make me lose money, make me lose potential chase contentions. They have got to fix it. We do not need this to be the storyline coming out of Vegas because it's only going to get bigger. The drivers can't really touch it because it is the same for everybody. But at the end of the day, these teams are going to be furious if they keep losing positions because of something they're being mandated to buy from NASCAR. When they were making it themselves and it was breaking, they had their own liability. This is a weird, weird situation for us. Yeah, I don't – I don't. I mean, it's, it's hard to – you know, if you figure there's probably – how many guns over the wall there then, you know, you're looking 72. at 80 guns. Yeah. You're looking at 80 yeah, guns. So, I mean, and, and we're looking at, we're looking at, um, uh, you know, a small percentage of failures here, but you know, it, it, if, uh, if nothing happened to a big name team, we probably wouldn't really know about it. You know what I mean? But it's definitely something that, 
it's going to be easy to point a finger when something does go wrong. But in the long run, it's probably there was a lot of money being put into the pit crew guns. Um, when I say a lot of money, you, you probably know more than I do on the number, but there, there's, I mean, it's millions were being put into the guns um, to, to figure out the technology to how to make them faster and better. And uh, I do think this might be a better solution, but we can't be, you know, it's obviously not good to have a break and, and not be reliable. If they're going to be slower and we're all going to use the same company, at least be reliable. Yeah, it's got to be reliable. Drivers can now see each other's throttle data. Man, I think this is I, – I, I don't even understand how this is legal. Like, I really feel like there are things in our sport that have to be proprietary to us and our teams and our drivers and our manufacturers. And to know that all these guys can now go get Harvick's throttle data from Atlanta and study it, like, are you kidding me? I, I mean, I know the drivers are mad about this, but as a competitor – I'm upset about this. I mean, obviously, I'm spot off on it, but I just don't understand how I can go see the other team's playbook, and I feel like that's what's happening. We're, we're at the Super Bowl, and I'm the Eagles, and I have the ability to go in, and I have the, the chance for two hours to look at all the different plays that the Patriots are going to run for the day to prepare for it. Like, man, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this one. Uh, seeing the throttle trace doesn't bother me as much as, um, you know, it, to me it wouldn't be as much like seeing the playbook. Seeing the playbook would be, seeing what Harvick had for a setup. That would be more playbook to me. Um, to me, this is just like, this is kind of watching film. You know, this is like watching film of the other guy's quarterback and tendencies and stuff. You know, all these all these teams have people that work for them that, that study offensive linemen, you know, defensive linemen for tendencies. You know, okay, does he when he's going to rush to the inside, does he put this arm in or out? If he moves his arm this way, he's going to go to the inside. You know, they all, they all study people for tendencies like that. And a lot of this is really dependent on the car setup too and how the car's handling. So, you know, if, uh, if Harvick, you know, obviously he was lifting real early for turn one a lot. We all heard that, but in my opinion, you know, not everybody's car was set up to be able to do that. Um, so there's a lot more to it. It's, you know, I know it shows a little bit of the technique and stuff, but just cause you show a guy, we all know that lifting early for the corner. Um, a lot of these guys overdrive the corners a lot and it's, it's, you know, you got to discipline yourself a lot. Um, but seeing a throttle trace doesn't really, to me, isn't giving away a lot of, a lot of huge secrets. Um, it might, it might, you know, help somebody somewhere a little bit, but the car's got to be able to take it too, you know, um, and seeing this and applying it are two different things in my opinion. Um, so seeing the throttle, the throttle data isn't really a, isn't really a game changer to me. To me, it would be, you know, the winner, the winner's car going back and getting, um, you know, posted at NASCAR and the setup, all their measurements being posted, that would be a bigger deal to me, you know, than, you know, seeing when a, when a guy is turning the wheel, when he's getting the throttle and stuff like that. Do you see it more for like a weekend, not necessarily Atlanta since we only go here twice, but like a Phoenix or a Vegas where we do go there twice. Once you can see throttle data for the first race, maybe seeing it used more in like when you come back the next race? Yeah, I think to, to TJ's point, that's exactly what drivers are able to do. And, and when you look at the throttle data, then you're able to say, in order to do that, this is probably how I need my car to feel. And then the crew chief has to go back and make that setup change. I mean, Harvick is, is the king at Atlanta, being able to run the bottom and stay on the bottom. I only saw him move up in one and two when he was running third trying to pass the two cars. So whatever he's doing in there, his car is set up obviously for that. But the more you study – 
you know, his throwing style, if you will, the more you're able to say what you need the offensive line to be able to do to give him protection. So I think you can kind of back yourself into a corner. But, again, if, if Natalie's been racing her entire career, Casey, you've been racing your entire career, and Jason's been racing his entire – we've all developed these skills that realistically you can only see if you've got an in-car camera or whatever going on there. Like, man, I'm a believer of this is mine. Don't give it away, you know. Yeah, I don't – it does the, – just the throttle trace doesn't doesn't bother me that much. You still got to be able to put it – you still got to be able to put it all together. And, and you know, just because a guy – just because a guy watches, uh you know, watches Tom Brady play doesn't mean he's going to be able to go out there and do the same thing still. So, I think there's – I think it's part of the equation, but I don't think it's a, a surefire, you know, absolutely going to be able to go and emulate it. Makes sense. All right, let's take a break. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. And we're back. Uh, let's head into fast lane. Which a quick overview. I'll give TJ and Brett a topic to debate, where they have thirty seconds to voice their opinion. Uh, let's see how long this one goes. Uh, first one: Kevin Harvick swept the Xfinity and Cup races this weekend. Why is he so good at Atlanta, TJ? Well, Atlanta obviously fits Kevin's driving style. Um, it, you know, we go to a lot of these places. And certain drivers are just better at certain tracks. They just fit them better. Uh, and that's, you know, that's Atlanta um, for Harvick. So, you know, going to Atlanta, we all know we're going to be racing Kevin. It's, you know, when you go to a place like Dover, you know, some guys like Kyle is going to be fast. Jimmy, um, before, you know, they retired, Greg Biffle was always fast there. Um, Carl Edwards was always faster as well. So, so I, I think the question, why is he so good at Atlanta? It's because he can make the bottom work on both ends. We all know the bottom is the shortest way around the racetrack. And somehow or another, he has figured out how to go fast around the shortest way around the racetrack. So he's going to beat you. What amazes me is how quickly he can go through one and two on the bottom and still carry momentum on the exit. Most guys that do that lose a lot of momentum down the backstretch. And for whatever reason, Kevin Harvick doesn't do it. Dang. <laughs> um, so if you go to a place like, so we look at, um, you know, just certain tracks fit certain drivers really well. We go to Martinsville. We know Danny Hamlin's probably going to be really good there. Cause that just fits his, his driving style. What he, you know, grew up racing. So, uh, you know, get around, getting around the bottom, you know, obviously Kevin can do that really good there, but it just fits him. You know, there, I don't know if you're ever going to be able to pinpoint the exact reason on why some of these guys are so good at certain places, but you know, uh, you know, some of these tracks Ding. just fit certain drivers. He's got two more seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on. Dale Jr. suggested that Atlanta should return to its old configuration when it's repaved. And Marcus Smith said SMI would look into it. Would you like to see this happen? Brett. No, man, I feel like this is not realistic. I mean, I, I, Marcus Smith is saying he will look into it. We're, we're talking about them having to spend a lot of money to take out the trioval and move seats around. It just doesn't seem practical. I don't think the trioval necessarily adds a lot of excitement to the race other than the fact, you know, that it makes it a mile and a half track, which for some reason all the tracks ran to do. I don't, I do not think it's realistic to say that we're going to do that. I think, um, 
you know, I, I think it's unrealistic as well. And I'm afraid if they ever do try to change the configuration, they're obviously going to have to do some repaving. And I, I like Atlanta how it is. I like the, the speed difference. There was cars coming with tires all the time. You had to work pretty hard at certain times as a spotter and as a driver. Um, and I, I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. But I don't I don't think it's I'm, I like the old Atlanta. I've never been there personally, but it looks fun. Um, but I th- just think it's unrealistic at the time. And I, I saw a fan tweet this idea last night, and when I first read it, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But maybe they should just, like, repave a quarter of it at the time so that we can get all the old asphalt and then put new asphalt in and give it time to age before you do another corner. The best thing about Atlanta is the, the best two track surfaces at the downforce tracks right now are Atlanta and California. So if we go in and screw those up, we turn them into a Michigan. Michigan hasn't put on a good show since the repave, and that was a long time ago, and they have a lot harsher, more harsh winners than than atlanta does so leave it alone hey brett i got a question we got what why is there not different grades of asphalt that they can make like more abrasive asphalt you know what i mean there has to be because we debuted at homestead and put on a phenomenal show once they did that reconfiguration and added banking like that progressive banking has been amazing but then tj they turned around and came to charlotte and they said all right we're going to repave charlotte and they ruined it, you know, and they then they, they – here's how dumb people can be. You've got Bristol Motor Speedway. You're selling 150,000 seats to every single race you have, and you go in and change the racetrack. Like, that's almost what I think we're up against is all this change. But to your point, yes, I, there, there has to be something with technology they can do to make it to where it's not like what Michigan is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There's got to be a more abrasive texture they can use to, to keep it wearing out instead of just – Real fast, smooth can be on the bottom. I mean, we saw Darlington, which is which is just similar to Atlanta. Each tires, lap times fall off four seconds. You know, they did a repay. We saw Regan Smith win the race by staying out and and literally mm-hmm. winning the race on no tires. And th- yeah. I mean, just looking at the legacy of what Darlington is about, that shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? That's yeah, not it what it's been. about. That's not what. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, next. Jimmy Johnson is now on the longest winless streak of his career at 25 races. When will he win again? TJ. Well, Jimmy is <laughs> Jimmy's one of them guys that can win the next three. Um, he can do it at any point, it seems like. He's been in, you know, I've seen him go in droughts before and then win two out of the next three races. Uh, Jimmy is, you know, an incredible driver, and, you know, I, 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 you, fear, you fear them every weekend. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like it's even been that long, but Jimmy's just one of them guys that, that he's going to be in contention. He's just a factor every week. Yeah, I see Jimmy Johnson, and I heard Darrell Waltrip's comments on him yesterday. He said that the older you get, the harder it is to win. And I think Jimmy Johnson is the best Cup Series driver to ever sit in a race car. I mean, he's accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. When will he win again? I mean, there's so many places to TJ's point he can win. Charlotte, Dover, Martinsville. I mean, he, he's good just about everywhere. But it's only been 25 races. I think the concern is Hendrick as a camp doesn't have the speed they had. When they get the speed, Jimmy Johnson will go back winning. Yeah, they, you know, Jimmy, like I said, he might go there this week. And he might he might go to Almoda Vegas and, and, and pull a Harvick at Atlanta. He's been fast at Vegas before, so. Um, you know, it, it could happen, and I wouldn't wouldn't be at all surprised if he did. All right, moving into our off-the-wall topic. Tim Tebow sprained his ankle by stepping on a sprinkler head at spring training. He did? 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I said. What's the most embarrassing way that you have injured yourself? TJ. Oh, man. You got to let Brett go first on this, and I haven't seen the sheet, so. Oh, he probably, probably has more examples, it. too. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever really gotten hurt, like injured, injured. Better knock on wood there. I mean, I've tore my Achilles tendon, but that was playing football. Um, I mean, I've torn it. Well, I'll, I guess I do have one story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could tell it. Lake of the Ozarks, way too much alcohol, playing beach volleyball. <laughs> I had been running, and I was up to running five or six miles at the time, and I thought I was in really good shape. And I tore a hamstring, and I tore it bad. I had to literally fly from Lake of the Ozarks to Ann Arbor, Michigan, like get the trainers to work on it so I could walk around at racetrack. I, yeah, so I guess that's the most embarrassing one. Is I was making so much fun of Clint and how poorly he was playing volleyball. I mean, I was constantly making fun of him, like wearing him out. And I was would literally hold the ball up and hit it to him going, I'm going to hit it to you again. You think you can hit it back? I mean, I was being very mouthy, and uh, I got hurt. I bet you Clint had a lot to say about that so, one too. Yeah. I mean, I – I don't know. I thought I tore my ACL. Like, it was bad. <laughs> and it's because I had too much to drink, and I thought I was 25 again. Well. Well, I, it's probably because you didn't stretch correctly before you played. Well, I didn't stretch at all. I well, did 12-ounce did curls for, like, four hours. That's how I got one. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have any. Um, it's really, really as embarrassing as that. But uh, I did um, – when I was probably about seven years old, I was out in this field and I tried to catch this grasshopper. Yeah, exciting. Um, and I put, went to put my knees on the ground and there was a rusty nail sticking straight up and it went right in my kneecap. So that was in, I had to hobble all the way back to my house and my mom was having a Tupperware party at the time. And the lady that was selling came out there and ripped it out of my knee and I thought I was going to pass out. So, yeah, it was not really, it was pretty uh, entertaining for a little while. But, yeah, I looked down and I was like, oh, okay, there's a nail sticking out of my knee. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it was, it was um, painful as well. Yeah. I can't really talk about this one because um, mine's probably worse than both of y'all's. What is it? I almost got my finger chopped off in an elevator. How? I lived in Chicago, what? and, like, those old elevators, the one with the, like, the chains, and yes. you have to close it and open it, well, my finger got <laughs> stuck, and my friend tried to open it, not realizing that my finger was there, and I was in shock. I didn't know what was happening, like, literally. I didn't bring my wallet. I took an Uber to the hospital, and the poor guy I had, like, blood all Which over me. Which finger is it? This one, right? It's my pointer finger. Just the tip? Yeah, just the tip. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I was, I was. Uh, <laughs> what are y'all laughing at? <laughs> oh, I can't. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's just uh, the tip. It was just the tip. It was. That's fair. Um, yeah. So mine's probably a little bit worse. I still have my fingers, so that's what matters. Y'all have dirty minds. Y'all are terrible. I think you had the dirty mind. You, you pointed at the tip of your finger, and I said, "Just the tip." Gosh. Move but then sh- you laughed while you did it. it I was just funny. Can't. All right, all right, cool. Uh, We're about to head into the West Coast Swing. What are you guys most looking forward to? Well, I would say the weather, but it's going to be 40 degrees every morning in Vegas. So Yeah, uh, I saw that. Man, pack your uh, – the thing I'm definitely looking forward to is all that secondhand smoke in the casinos, man. Just go in there and sit down at a slot machine and just breathe it in. 
Yeah, that's 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 always good for your health. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vegas is a uh, really Vegas is kind of weird. It, it when it gets cold in Vegas, it's not like a normal cold. It's like cold, cold for some reason. You know, you're just not used to it there. Um, and uh, you know, I saw the I saw the lows right there, and we have a, I think we have like an early Saturday morning practice as well. I think it's like at nine o'clock or something who, like that. They who usually do that. Pat? We're in Vegas, and they yeah. schedule an early practice. Isn't isn't this usually? Well, I guess because the weekend changed, but it's usually. Uh, daylight saving it's when the time changes when you're on the west coast is it i thought that was easter that might be a couple of weeks I didn't, i'm not sure yeah, i think it yeah. used to be in March. used to be vegas and nice. i hated it yeah i don't know man well, it's really hard to beat the fried macaroni and cheese at fix in bellagio where fried macaroni and cheese the restaurant is i don't fix you would find bellagio. one of the places in vegas that has that because there are so many good restaurants and i then... agree so i'm gonna <laughs> definitely eat at bellagio at fix and i'm gonna definitely eat at stk and cosmo you been there? Yes, that is good. It's a cl- it's, it's literally a club that serves you bone and ribeyes. Like they got jamming music, good looking waitresses. Maybe they got good looking <laughs> waiters. I don't really look at waiters that way. <laughs> um, but if the guy's inked up, I think that's pretty cool. Well, Vegas. I'll yeah. tell you one thing. One good thing about that nine a.m. practice is the uh, the people watching leaving the hotel that morning is usually <laughs> they're just coming back oh, in. No, you leave at seven and they're coming in and you're going out. They got beer yes. head, walk of shame. Oh, yes, there's okay. a lot going on there. There is, uh, yeah, there, there's just a lot going on. You see, um, yeah, I'll have to take some pictures. Yeah, take Please pictures. Do. Tweet them out. We're going to take pictures yeah. of Casey's boots she's got on today, too. I hate you're missing them. They come all the way up to her quadriceps. Wow. I was cold. <laughs> you're not How cold hard are they to get on? What? I couldn't hear you. You, you have to set them on into your bed and jump into them? No, they have zippers. I mean, I have another pair that I have to, like, jump into, but these are cozy. We're shoe guys, so we're going to pay a lot of attention to your shoe game. Noted. Noted. I almost wear another, wore another pair today. I could have. Yes. Next week. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Let's head into Ask DVC. Producer Jason chose a few Ask DVC questions to ask the guys. First one, at SurferDave03 asks, since there were only 36 cars at Atlanta, is it time to eliminate teams that are not running the full season? Should cars that are not competitive be black flagged? I mean, we've got a rule against the black flagging thing. If you don't make a minimum speed on the racetrack, that's when you get black flagged. You know, is it time to eliminate teams that are not running the full season? No, I don't think so at all. I think the the beauty of our sport was been around, built around the free enterprise model. The free enterprise model means if you have the sponsorship, if you have a driver, if you have the funding, if you're able to build a car that's going to pass inspection, you can show a, and compete with these guys. That's how a lot of teams got into racing. When you look at Roush, you know, and you look at really any of these big teams, I mean, it's very rare you see an owner come in and buy a race team because it's easy to almost – more inexpensive to just build it from the ground up. You know, is that difficult in today's world? Yes, but if you have a sponsorship, man, I think it's great to have new guys coming out. And, and TJ is a big fan of, as am I, when we go to short tracks, if a local guy is able to pull something together and build a car, it's great to see those local names be able to come out and run against these guys. I mean, it's how ultimately Elliot Sadler and Tony Raines and Denny Hamlin, a lot of these guys got the door open because at short tracks, they showed up and their own equipment went out and ran well. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I feel like the field is better, stronger now, and we have less uh, we have less cars that are way off the pace than we ever have. Uh, there was only maybe one or two that were pretty far off the pace this last week, and 
and even looking at uh, maybe one that was pretty far off the pace, but the other ones, you know, you look back there, they were kind of having, uh, you know, they weren't as far off as you would think, and they were having a pretty good little race too. Um, I don't, I don't feel like we have as many cars as you know. Remember when you would get done, you get like halfway through a run, you lap some cars, and it seems like it's 15 laps later, and you're lapping the same car again. I don't, I don't feel like we have as much of that now or as we used to. Did you guys see the 23 car get wrapped, like, the Saturday before the race? No. I mean, they were wrapping their car in the garage. Yeah. If you get a sponsor, you, you throw it on there. Get it on there. Absolutely. It was impressive. I will say that. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's been done before. Even back in the day, if somebody got a new sponsor, they just, you know, obviously they would wrap it. But you'd see a decal on a car. The colors might not quite match, but they would, you know, you'd be putting a decal on the car. Um, when, I ran, when I ran a goodies dash car at Daytona, we went down there basically with no sponsor. And Remington came on board when we were there, and they just put the logo on the car. You know what? You know, I, what so. I, yeah, what I think put Carl Long on the map in NASCAR is, you know, he came along kind of at the end of, of Daryl Waltrip's career, and Daryl was struggling to make races, and Carl was making these races, and they would literally take Daryl's sponsor and put it on Carl's car. And uh, I mean, I, I think that's a good thing. You know, I mean, we don't, we certainly yeah. don't need to stop that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. At Copeland, Zach asks. Almirola is off to a great start. Are we seeing his skill or the shortcomings of a 10 cars previous driver? Is it Amarola, Amarillo, Armadillo? I like Armadillo. <laughs> Armadillo. Amarola. <laughs> Almirola. Almirola, right? All, I don't know. Who I spells Eric with an A, which already throws me off. Yeah. Eric Almirola. Tried to be different. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I, I think obviously they're off to a good start. I mean, he's leading the Daytona 500, coming to the checker, ends up finishing 13th. And then, obviously, last week, you know, he qualifies top 10, finishes top 10 in both stages. Once again, finishes, I believe, 13th. So, in order th – this is his chance, right, TJ? I mean, he was at JRM and competitive stuff, and he ran well enough to get him a shot at the Cup Series. He got to the Cup Series. He wasn't in great stuff, and he didn't run well. You know, and I, well, he won a race, a range-shortened race at Daytona in July, but he has to show that he belongs, and he has a couple years, realistically, to get it done. Yeah, I think um, – I. You know, I'm not sold yet. Obviously, the Stuart Haas cars were very fast there. Um, so he had a really good notebook. And obviously, you know, his teammate had a had a dominant car. So I'm not I'm not sold yet. He, he raced, obviously, he raced really smart, the Daytona 500. Um, he's become a, a fairly, a fairly decent plate racer. Um, but, you know, I'm just not I'm not quite sold yet. I need to see him go to some other places. And, uh, you know, I need to see him consistently run well um and uh, you know it's kind of uh, this is his opportunity though like you said he's got to go and perform now now's the chance if he you know if you're going to do it now's the time i think there are places eric runs really well you know i think it's places like martinsville places like dover and to some degree if your car isn't good at those tracks man it really makes it tough on you to run well so i, I think him getting off to a strong start is certainly key. I mean, when you look down the points and you look at big names like Jimmy Johnson and Casey Kane, they got a lot of pressure on them to get back up there. Well, you know, Eric's in a situation where he's with a new team, with a new crew chief, and, and if he if he were behind the eight ball here, I think it's a whole different mindset. I think he's gaining a little bit of confidence, and let's be honest, he's able to look at the paper and go, well, last year Danica Patrick ran 25th here. I'm way better than she is, so I'm bringing something to this team. I'm making this team more competitive. I'm make it, making it finish better than it was finishing. So if we see that trend continue, I think we're just grading him right now against himself and against her. I think it's really hard to grade him against the other three drivers that are already there because – 
they're champions. You know, Clemson Xfinity Series champion, Harvick and Kurt, obviously Cup Series champions. They've all won a lot of races. He's not there yet. I think if he grades himself out against them, he's going to put himself in a situation where he's going to make it tough to succeed. Worry about the 10 car. Worry about yourself. Worry about being consistent. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing I got against that is he's been, you know, he's been a cup driver for a long time. You know, he's been a cup driver for how many years a cup has he ran? You I'd, know? Say, I'd say six or seven, but I could be off. I'm sure yeah, producer Jason has the stat right in front of him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think um, I think it's higher than that, honestly. I think it's closer to eight or nine. Because um, he was splitting time with Mark Martin. What, what year was he splitting time with Mark Martin? In yeah, 2000. Yeah, no one car. Yeah. Yeah, and that was what, around four or five-ish? Five-ish? That was 05-ish, I think. So, and that was, you know, it's and not long after that. And then he moved to the Xfinity Series for a year there. And, and um, so I think he's closer to the 10-digit number there, which, in, you know, so now I've, I've got to grade him tougher now because he's been there for so long. Yeah, I get it. Totally get it. I mean, I, I just think when you look at the quality of equipment, you, you have to you have to look at that and say, how good is his stuff? You know, and, and I don't think he's ever been in a competitive cup car. And he is now. Yeah. And this is his chance to show something. Yeah, these are what the guys dream for. You know, this is this is what guys that were taking subpar equipment and turning people's heads with it. They look to get an equipment like this and do something with it. So, you know, now now is his opportunity. So hopefully uh, he can make the best of it. Ex Sailor Dan eighty six asks, Do you guys or spotters in general get hit up for autographs often? What's the oddest thing you have ever autographed? I mean, we do get hit up for autographs, probably more so at Talladega than anywhere because the fans are on top of us. You know, I had a had a fan stop me in Daytona. Um, I think we always get tw- people tweet us saying, hey, can we meet them? And, and obviously, TJ's uh, been in a high-profile situation with, D- with Dell Jr. And, 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 I mean, we always try to be accommodating. I don't think I've signed anything crazy, though. Have you, TJ? Um, I don't. I don't think I've signed anything crazy, crazy. Um, not like a not like a body part or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's been. I can't remember anything off the top of my head that just stood out. I was at a Walmart appearance one time. Oh, I can only imagine for Coca-Cola. Actually, it was in Las Vegas, and a lady from Utah came through and asked Elliot if he would sign her panties. I'm scared to see to know what he said. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think he said? He was like, I can't sign your panties. (laughs) She's like, well, what if I go take them off and bring them back? This this is a true story. If you ask Elliot about this, he'll hands down tell you the same story. So he was like, no, I I, I don't don't think we can do this. (laughs) Can we? I was like, no, we can't do this. Uh, No. We had been out. This is when you would go to Vegas early, you know, and you would stay out a couple of days, have fun. And so this was a Wednesday appearance before we had to get on track on Friday. But it was a Wednesday morning appearance. I don't even know if I went to bed that Tuesday night. Like, And I'm standing there, and this is all going down. And I'm like, what? And at the time, you know, you're in PR and all this stuff, and you're expected to intervene and help the driver not be put in a bad position. And I'm like, I'm not intervening. This is funny <laughs> as hell. <laughs> But I think they get asked to sign a lot more crazy stuff than I mean they get asked to sign dashes on cars and skin and people go get tattoos and I don't think anybody wants Brett Griffin on their ass anytime soon. Mm. Oh, I got a picture I mean, of the tattoo by the way. Of whose of tattoo? The, the of Austin the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the wolf pack? I got a picture of the wolf pack. 
and I realize we can't share show this. it. Well, I can show you, but I can't show everybody else. Would you get that anywhere on your Seriously? body? Seriously? Yeah. It, I, lo- it looks like something yeah. that. It I, just looks like bars for the three. Like I've seen better tattoos given in prison. <laughs> I don't understand it. Oh, man. TJ, did you the see it? The wolf looks a little rough. Uh, I haven't seen a good picture of it. I'm not sure I'd like to, but. <laughs> well, I got one. I'll show it to you this weekend. Whose ass is it? I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Eminem wrote that song. I ain't never seen an ass like that. It's definitely not hers, whoever he was singing about. It's not that person. Good to know. <laughs> Y'all don't know that song? Yes, I know it. Okay. Jason? Nope. Jason. I'm country he's, he's only. He's young. He's young. It's an older song. It, it's Eminem. But still. Dude, go download <laughs> Ass Like That. It's badass. Oh, he's it's doing right it right now. I'll listen to it on the way back. You only listen to country? Pretty much. A couple other pop stuff, but mean Where the country. are you from? New York. Really? What kind of country? Uh, some of the newer stuff, but I really like some of the, like, the 2000 stuff, too. So you like bro country? Yeah, pretty much. You don't listen to old country? Not like Willie Nelson and that kind of stuff. What about stuff. like Garth Brooks? No, I don't like I'm not Seriously? a Garth Brooks person. What? I've never no. really liked You him. can't. All right, let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> you cannot claim to be a country music fan if you don't go back and listen to old country music. New country. No, there's no such thing. You have to listen to old country music to be able to say, I am a country music fan. Well, what can what I if, say? What if, he wasn't, what if he wasn't born yet? It doesn't matter. You still have to go back and you have to download Johnny Cash. Know the history. Like, you, some, you, like I know some of that. You have to download like Merle Haggard. You, know, you have to go back and get these old guys. I'm a fan of all music. Yeah. You know, I, whatever. But you got to go back. I'll give you a playlist. All right. And you have to have it. You better be able to sing them on air. <laughs> next week. By our next show. All right. Yeah. Daddy sang bass. <laughs> Mom sang tenor. Me and little brother would join a ride in there. You got to listen to that stuff to appreciate where it's got to. I'm thinking a duet might need to happen next week. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry all right. Do we have anything to rant about? I don't. I'm just tickled be here <laughs> casey's over here screaming i gotta go i gotta be on a conference no call. no it was, it was canceled so we're good don't worry <laughs> oh <laughs> so y'all are exhausting sorry am i uh am i up for picks yeah you're up first oh man i haven't had a chance to look at last year's vegas results jason do you have them uh, yeah i'll memorize them so trex finished first someone finished second someone finished third <laughs> that narrows it down i know Jeez. who i'm picking um, I will go. This makes I it pick take, big uh, when I say that. If I say I'm, I know who I'm picking, he gets he gets he goes swings for the fence. Great job well, picking I'm, McMurray, by the way. I think he was a lap down at like lap twenty. Yeah, he didn't he didn't do me any favors last night. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna go. I'll uh, uh, I'll take Kyle. Kyle Bush Bush. Motorsports. Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. That's who you got. Oh, that's a strong so, one. That's a strong that, one. That, that's like going for the W right there. Yeah, yeah it is. I'm going to take Kyle Larson. Okay. I mean, that, that's almost taking a W. I mean, I, it's going to be a battle this week. Yeah, Kyle versus Kyle. First week, I let you have a gimme. This week, I kind of got a gimme. Now, this is a race right here. Yeah, well, this is going to be uh, – who knows how this one's going to play out. Where do y'all stay in Vegas? Um, that's a good question. You know, Brad Spotter stays at a Marriott. Uh, are you going to room with him and stay at a Marriott in Vegas? I mean, it sounds like no. a hell of a good time, you know. 
I think we stay continental breakfast. I think we stay at um, Brendan's deal. South Point. I think so. Yeah. So I'm learning all this. Nice. And I, I really have no idea where any of my stuff is. I'm having to learn all this. So. There's good. There's good steakhouse there. It's about 20 minutes from everybody else, but you just yeah, gonna play. You well, just gonna play FIFA soccer in your room anyway. That's true. I'm yeah. gonna bring my laptop and and uh, and play some computer games and stuff. I yeah. really hope you guys come back with stories from Vegas. Not going to lie. That might be something we need to add to the show next week. Well, I'm going to L.A. tomorrow morning with Clint to some big farm convention. I mean, that would be a story. How many show. farms do they have in L.A.? <laughs> That's, that is a good question. I don't know why they had a farm convention in L.A. in Anaheim, but I think yeah. it's at maybe Disneyland. That sounds That's like a big a, farm. Yeah. That sounds like a, that sounds like a cover-up. Yeah. No, it's not, I, no, or like Justin Lynch is playing at some concert I got to go to. I mean, it's it's legitimate. <laughs> Rough life. It's not a uh, – I'm not making up something <laughs> to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you just say was playing? He said Justin Lynch. Justin Lynch. <laughs> well, that guy too. <laughs> they may both be there. This Justin and you call and yourself a, <laughs> and you say you like I didn't say I was a pro fan. country guy. I don't even know what Justin Lynch sings. <laughs> 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 All right, next week you are going to be singing Justin Lynch. Dustin? Oh, yeah. Dustin. Dustin Lynch. Oh, I swore Clint said Justin. <laughs> he might have said it. Might get both. He, he probably did. Clint probably did say Justin. Oh, man. I hate that for oh. that guy. I could have helped him sell some tickets right there, and I messed his name up. Oh, well. well maybe tweet it out. That might work. Yeah. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks, One Main yeah. Financial, for sponsoring. TJ, man, hopefully uh, your babysitter gets well. Yeah. That's my father-in-law, so hopefully he can he – can, uh, be healthy next week so i have a babysitter your babysitter is your father-in-law yeah man what what only on mondays only only on mondays he likes to take uh he likes to take stella and walk with her and he, he'll take her for a walk or something and it, it gives him some time with her that's he likes awesome. to hang out with her and stuff so that's yeah, not it's your, good for him that's not a babysitter though well i mean it kind of is i babysit her <laughs> you don't babysit your own baby yes you do how's it any different i don't think that's possible I'm still thing. watching the baby. Yeah, it counts as babysitting. You're babysitting when it's not your baby. What? Well, I'm still watching the baby. So what are you doing to do so when it's your you kid? Call it? It's going to be a kid sitting. <laughs> what would you uh, call it, Brett? I don't yeah, know. what is it called? Picture I'm hanging out with my child. Babysitting, basically. <laughs> yeah, you're babysitting. I don't know. I don't think you can say you're babysitting your own kid. Oh, geez, whatever. I think you can. Well, anyway, well, thanks, everybody, for joining. Yeah, and thank you to Exalta for this awesome studio as well. Appreciate it. I like that they moved the GoPro back so it's not right in front of your face either. Well, I'm just glad it's not a crotch shot anymore. <laughs> I was building a complex over that, you know? So. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good thank week. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. See you, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear. Brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 